0: The views and opinions expressed in this po- po- podcast are those of me, and very much reflect the hidden recalcitrant inside each and every one of you. There will be topics in bad, bad bad taste and many you won't agree with. So keep a leash on your inner SJW and jump on in with an open mind as we explore the controversial. Good evening, morning, ladies and gentlemen, neighbours, dogs, mums and daddies, you haven't been to markets till you've been to Paddy's. I'm Lint Gannon, and this is the very first episode of the Spoken Unspoken podcast. Glad you could join me. Um, I'll tell you a little about myself, I'm a musician from the Central Coast in Australia. Uh, I do like to have a bit of a rant and kind of rustle some jimmies, so we're going to be doing a little bit of that throughout the podcast, talking about everything and anything that normally people don't like to talk about. Um, one of our main topics we'll be talking about today is a group of gentlemen who have started something called the Australian Brotherhood of Fathers. Uh, you can find this at uh, theabf.com.au. Uh, I've found these guys through my father, and he had a pretty long custody battle with my younger brother, and that's why I wanted to talk about this, this, this specifically today, and on the very first episode. They've got a campaign going called 21 Fathers, and this is reference to the 21 fathers every week in Australia who commit suicide because of custody issues, not being able to see their children being worked around in the system, uh, basically just not being able to have contact with their children. And that's harrowing for any father to be taken away from your kids and, kind of have to pay loads and loads of money and spend so much time in court just to be able to see someone who's your offspring who is meant to be there for your entire life you're meant to be able to see these these children grow up and and be a part of that i'm going to i'm going to read through this this article called 21 fathers and it's just a an overview of what they're all about so bear with me and i'll get through this and then we'll get on to talking about it 21 Fathers is a social media and public awareness campaign produced by the ABF, which is the Australian Brotherhood of Fathers, that seeks to highlight the truly devastating impact suicide has on Australian families and our communities. The statistics are truly shocking. The base figure of three fathers a day was discussed first during a meeting with long-serving fathers' rights lobbyists based in Canberra, which is the Australian, in Australian Capital Territory. Government funding, coupled with years of work and policy gave um, him excellent insight into the inner workings and development of family social policy for the country over the last 25 years. Uh, The child support agency noted that their contact and dealings with clients struggling with child access issues combined with the heavy financial burden of child support contributed to the suicide rate of their clients. That's a a heavy sentence. Uh, The agency itself released specific data as part of their annual reports that linked the suicide of fathers to a change of policy in collections. Time and time again, we see injustices perpetuated against fathers from a clearly biased court system and the anti-father-child support system uh, that hides behind the frequently used statement uh, that their actions are in the best interest of the children. In reality, this is a terrible lie used to restrict fathers and... from fair and reasonable contact with their kids. The system instead favours mothers who are able to openly manipulate the process and become the primary custodial parent for either financial gain or simply to maintain a level of control over the non-custodial parent's life. There are too many fathers taking their lives in Australia because of child access issues, high costs associated with family law, child support financial pressures, false allegations of abuse and family court rulings that are clearly biased towards mothers. Fathers seek only to maintain contact with their children to provide care, support, and be positive role models for their children, but are left suffering and in distress. And this is something that I've experienced um, through my own father and his custody battle with my younger brother. You should definitely jump on this. If you are a single father and you are struggling, um, I know uh, some of our listeners are in the USA, and there is another brotherhood over there called the United States Brotherhood of Fathers. Uh, you can find them by obviously going to the US Brotherhood usbrotherhoodoffathers.com. We're also going to talk about the "not your right" movement, which is uh, just like four dot points of really important information you have to think about if you are a single mother and are restricting your 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 father's your baby daddies or your you know the father of your children access to your children. First one is it's not your right to restrict my access to our children. Notice how it says "our children." You are one of the parents, one of two that are a team, regardless if you're divorced or together. There, there are two parents in this, okay? It's not... You have no right to take that away from another person. Also, not your right to make false allegations of abuse. You know, I'm not going to get into the other side of that because that's that's just something that should be everybody's philosophy. But um, we'll come, we'll circle back to that one after we, we get through this. Uh, it's also not your right to restrict my financial freedom. Uh, so many dads have to pay through the nose for child support, but... Um, through the nose So so the, the woman that left them Can live in their house With their kids And the poor dad's left Living in a, a shoddy little One bedroom apartment And when the child services Come around They say well this is not fit For children to come and visit you I wonder why All my money's going back Into the house that I own That my ex-wife is living in With my kids I do have a nice house For my kids to live in I'm not allowed to live in it Right anyway That's my rant um, Yeah and also you you It's not your right to profit from my broken family. Um, but we will go, we're going to go back to these, these false allegations of abuse because there is a big problem that stands in Australia. I'm not quite sure what it is in America, but the basic idea in Queensland this stands that any allegation put across to a father, um, such as basically an ex-wife or ex-partner, says four words. Four words is all you have to say. I don't feel safe. That's all you have to say. And it can take up to five years for that hearing to go through. And in that five years, there is cut off, not allowed to see your children, um, not allowed to have access to certain amounts of your property and all this sort of stuff. And that's that's all a woman has to say about a man is, I don't feel safe, whether it's true or not. And that's an immediate up to five years that, that this father can't see his children. And guess what happens at the end of that? When everything's been said and heard and they, the court goes, well, this was all a complete waste of time. I'm sorry, Mr. So-and-so. Um, here's your rights to see your children again. The next day, she can turn around and say, I don't feel safe. And then we start the entire process again. This is a classic example of the manipulation of the system, uh, which is frankly disgusting. You shouldn't have spite rule your children's lives. Like, stop considering yourself for five minutes and think about how you're impacting your children. Speaking of loopholes, though, in the courts and other big words I'm not too familiar with, um, we're going to look at the Family Law Act of 1975, Section 60CC. Uh, This is how a court determines what is in a child's best interest. And this struck me as very um, interesting, which is why I'm bringing it up. Uh, it says here, determining a child's best interest, one, subject, uh, subject to subsection five. We're going to go back to subsection five, because subsection five is and dick. Um, in determining what is the child's best interest, the court must consider the matters set out in subsections two and three. Subsection two is primary considerations. The primary considerations are, A, the benefit to the child of having a meaningful relationship with both of the child's parents, and B, to uh, the need to protect the child from physical or psychological harm from being subjected to or exposed to abuse, neglect, or family violence. That all sounds pretty straightforward, and I'm happy with that, that the court has to take those things into account. Um, the subsection three is additional considerations. Uh, You know, any views that the child has, the nature nature of the relationship of the child with the parents or close family or close friends of the family. So the the kid gets a say in this, uh, which is also very important. Uh, What we get back to is the subsection five. This is what we're going to talk about because this is the one that confuses me and frustrates me. Consent orders, subsection five, states... If the court is considering whether to make an order with the consent of all parties of the proceedings, the court may, but is not required to, have regard to all or any of the matters set out in subsection 2 or 3. So, with this, with subsection 5, it basically says that no matter what they've said previously, no matter what we just discussed, if the judge thinks you're a jerk, if the judge doesn't like what you're wearing... They legally don't have to abide by any of the previous rules that we just spoke about. doesn't matter what the kid says. Um, doesn't matter that subsection 2, part A, says it's the benefit of the child having a meaningful relationship with both of the child's parents. None of that matters now because of subsection 5. And that's a ridiculous loophole that can be exploited time and time and time again. And that's absolutely disgusting In in my world. I don't know about yours. Um, yeah, and while I was researching this, I uh, was in the car with my father today, and he said, you've got to check these guys out, um, so I've been, I've been on it all day, just just kind of running this stuff over through my mind and looking up stuff, I decided I'd just type something simple into Google, and I typed in, single fathers commit suicide every day, you know, I'm looking, you know, into the, this, this 21, I wanted some statistics, stuff like that. So, single fathers commit suicide every day is what I typed in. Hit go. Google, my old friend, what did you bring to me? The very first article on the page, J.K. Rowling says, I considered suicide as a struggling single mother. That's the first Google hit if I Google something about single fathers committing suicide. That just shows how much no one cares that this is happening, and to the point where it's an epidemic. Twenty-one fathers a week. Uh, earlier this year, it was it was up to forty fathers a week. If we look back to the the sep- September's children, um, the the young uh, men, teens, preteens that were killing themselves because they didn't feel wanted in the world for being homosexuals, that got more press, that got more attention than this did, and there were less deaths. Uh, I'm not trying to take anything away from that at all. I'm just saying that this is disgusting that this is going under the rug and no one's talking about it. And I think one of those main things is because to think of young men uh, and to think of their struggle being ostracized uh, for their sexuality, um, you know, it's easy to, to put them into the role of a victim, is to say these people are hard done by and that sucks for them. And that's why that's such an easy thing to, to go, yeah, I want to support this. It's a lot harder to put a grown man into the idea of a victim. It's a lot harder to imagine that fathers want to see their kids because all we're told is this narrative of dads that just knock up a chick and just leave. And that's it's all we're told. That's all we get to hear. And I've done it. Well, I haven't knocked up a chick and left. I've you know, I I've put that image into my mind. You know, I'd sit at a pub with a with a with a girl and we start talking and she'll just say, Oh, my ex is a psychopath and I immediately go, Yep. I believe you because that's all I've been fed my entire life is that the ex, if you're the ex-boyfriend, you're the ex-partner, you're the ex-husband, whatever, you are now this shadowy figure that sits in the back of everyone's mind. If you're an ex-something of being an arsehole, there's a reason that you're an ex and that was probably because you're violent and probably because you're a male and you have too much testosterone coming out your ears and every pore that you have. And that's something that's got to stop. Like men have a bloody hard time when it comes to getting custody of their kids men have emotions too and they really suck sometimes because we're not meant to talk about them i'm going to end this uh this segment about the australian brotherhood on a bit of a heavy note i'm going to read out some suicide notes from some of the fathers because if you're listening i just want this to sink in that this is this is happening uh so we're going to go through those now there's only three or four so just just hold on Uh, This one says You won All I ever wanted to do Was be a part of my son's life Signed Frank This one says Dear Kathy I hope that one day You'll be able to understand Take care of your sister I'll always love you Signed Dad This one's a lot smaller It just says I just can't take it anymore I love you both. Bye. This one says, this is probably the, I'd say my favorite, but it just means it hits the hardest. If I can't see my daughter here, I'll see her from above. Not signed by anyone. So, if you want to jump in and show these guys your support, if I've tickled a tear bone um, by by telling you about this, definitely jump in and find them at abf.com.au. You can find that link on the show notes. Uh, you can find it, also we'll put it all up on spokenunspoken.com. Now, we're going to go into something light-hearted and fun, just uh, a little bit ranty stuff because i do like to do this and i have small little rants that come to mind every time i see something stupid like this Uh, we're going to talk about (laughs) stupid people putting up stupid photos with stupid inspirational quotes on them i think we'll call it stupid tumblr um we'll probably come up with a better name as the episodes go on but we all know this one that says an arrow can only be shot forward by pulling it backward when life's getting really hard and pulling you backwards. Just know that you're going to be shot into something amazing. And my response is that people aren't arrows. Sometimes life just keeps pulling you back. And then it poos on your face and gives you AIDS because you're a starving child in Uganda and you don't have Tumblr. That's that's a dumb, dumb quote. Not everyone has fairies and butterflies coming out their butts, okay? Okay. This is is another good one. Um, Shoot for the moon, because if you miss, you'll land among the stars. Which means that whoever wrote this has absolutely no concept of how the universe works and how far away the stars are in comparison to the moon. Um, So that's a terrible metaphor. Uh, If you miss the moon, you're going to be floating in space for hundreds and thousands of years, depending on your velocity and trajectory. Um, also, this this is I'll leave on this one because I don't want to do too many because you know I'll be probably doing a couple every week. Uh, this one says, "Paint the sky and make it yours." I like this one because this one's inspired me to go and paint Scarlett Johansson. <laughs> that's <laughs> yeah. Um, that's 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 what I took from that one. And backing off of stupid Tumblr, there's another website that we all know and love called Facebook, and I would come across you know some things on there that kind of you know, tickle my irritants button uh this one comes i won't say the name from a person and basically it's a photo of a whiteboard um in a in a teacher's classroom and it, and with a a list underneath underneath the list is a list of names of obviously children in the class and the list is dubbed i need a brain uh, this is the the caption that comes with this this photo it says Y'all better keep to those school rules with your children. Yesterday, I was in Elijah's class observing, and I looked at the board and noticed that it said, I need a brain, and it had several children's names under it. I decided to ask a few of the kids, uh, you know, what it meant to have your name under there. And they were like, oh, it told it means you did bad or you did something wrong. These teachers are breaking down these babies before they have a chance to gain their confidence. I'm disgusted. Uh, that's the, the that's the accent that comes to my mind when reading this. Uh, but anyway, my response to this is no. This isn't disgusting. This is funny, and more than likely an inside joke between the teacher and the students. Not only that, some kids some kids do need a brain. Like some kids are just dumb. Like stop thinking that every kid is sacred. Stop thinking that every kid is a genius. And guess what? If if you think that your kid is the exception to that rule your kids probably the dumb one like you need to you need to realize that There's some kids are just meant to be dumb and that's okay we need dumb people um because without dumb people how the smart people are meant to feel smart and go on to do smart things um but that's pretty much yeah so stop that stop getting angry at everything you see which is very hypocritical because that's entirely what this podcast is about but stop this stop giving your child special credit just because it's your kid like you if you raise that kid and it's a dumb kid that's your fault the you the only job you have as a parent is to make that child a better person than what you are and if they're not that's your fault um don't blame the teacher if your child's unteachable because guess what you had that kid for five years before it went to school and it was your job to teach that kid how to learn and if you failed in that that's your fault. It's not the teacher's fault that you raised a kid that's unteachable. Ah, All right. Moving on from that, we have one more. This is another one that comes from Facebook. And it's a, a father and son in a a deep, ponderous pose together. And it says, Dad, why do I have to go to school? And the father apparently replies... So you can be moulded into a state of approved homogeneous drone that cannot think outside the prescribed consensus. You will learn to repeat information instead of how to think for yourself, so that you don't become a threat to the status quo. Then you will graduate, you will get a job, pay your taxes in order to perpetuate the corporate system of indentured servitude for your political overlords. Or, you know... You could be trained in skills that'll help you pay back the society that you were born into and freeloaded off for the first eighteen to thirty years of your life can we stop thinking that the government is only here to feed off your souls and train you like some zombie like have you forgotten that the reason that we had to come up with some sort of hierarchical system because we as humans cannot go more than five minutes without trying to kill each other we needed someone in control we we can't do it on our own we as a species we're awful um and you're not clever for trying to fight the power or stand up against the man you're just a smelly hippie with no new thoughts in your head other than ill research propaganda and a penchant for using old like my tax paid money on illegal substances just like every other person just like you so tell me who's the real drone here who's the real brainwashed idiot The people that actually go out and get a job and contribute to society, contribute to the people that, like, provided for them while they were growing up, or the people that sit in the park and smoke weed and play bongos and tell everyone that it's all a bloody conspiracy. That's my thoughts on that. Moving on from that, let's get racist. So, um, an Aboriginal mother has recently published photos of her daughter in in whiteface, which is obviously the opposite of the, the blackface debacle that we've been dealing with um for well the last couple of hundred years uh, you know and so she's dressed her daughter up in white face and says that she hopes um this highlights the double standards that are inflaming racial debates in australia uh this is coming from an article from seven news uh at yahoo.com and so queenslander uh, I guess I'll say her name because she's all over the media at the moment. I'm sure she won't mind. Beck B said she was inspired to make the controversial statement after watching the f- f- furor surrounding... That's a word. I don't know. I'm going to pretend I know it, though. Surrounding a young boy who dressed up as a West Coast Eagles footballer, um, Nick Naitunui. nui I'm not good with that. Uh, but complete with blackened skin. So the, the young kid dressed up as his favourite footballer. And he put, he put the dark makeup on to make himself look more like his favorite footballer. And he copped mountains of poo about this. Mountains of it. And, you know, death threats. Um, you know, all this sort of stuff. So this little kid who was just dressing up like his idol. And anyway, so uh, Beck Beckberry posted something on Facebook, which I thought was it pretty much sums it up. And I've, for quite a few years, not watched the movie white chicks for this exact reason that they're, they're portraying a stereotype of a race by dressing up and changing their skin color and that's exactly what makes a white person putting on black makeup racist those exact things um and so this this um aboriginal woman dressed her daughter up and and put white makeup on her and of course everyone's like oh no that's okay they're allowed to do that you know, you know. But she did it in response to this young boy who just wanted to dress up as his idol. I'll read this out to you because it's it's good. She says, Warning. Opinionated viewer ahead. I do realise I will be verbally bashed by some of my people, family and friends. Probably unfriended, but I need to be clear and be myself here. The little boy in the centre of last week's book week did not suffer from racism or discrimination. He idolised a man who has achieved great success even during pain when most of adults would have caved and collapsed into states of depression. Unfortunately, now this little boy who has been shown by the dark-skinned community that his admiration for a black man is unacceptable, he has now learnt racism. And that is such a astounding point, to say that this this little boy had no idea about racism. He didn't care that his favourite footballer was black. That was not even on his mind. He just went, I want to look like him for this reason. And he went out and he looked like him. And then now he's got so much backlash, um, you know, he's forever going to know that there are racial connotations behind everything. And it's heartbreaking to think that this kid had to learn that that way. I'm going to say, like, my main... I'm going to be talking about race a lot on this podcast, so I guess I get, like, my main views on it out in the open now, is that the only way we're going to stop racism is to stop calling things racist it's okay that everyone's different colors that's exactly what makes the world such an amazing place is that we're all different and we all have different cultures it's not about pretending that people aren't black or people aren't asian or you know people aren't indian it's not about pretending that that isn't happening and that you know when people say oh i don't see color get over yourself of course you see color everybody sees color But I enjoy the fact that there are different cultures. If there was no different cultures, if we were all the one colour, why would anyone bother travelling? The world would be bloody boring. So stop saying you don't see colour and stop calling everything racist. Otherwise we can't stop racism. Racism only exists when you call something racist. If you don't acknowledge it as, as racist, then it's not. So just stop it. And that's pretty much all I'm going to say about that. I'm going to leave you all here on a very manonist, misogynistic train, you know, because I love hate mail. We're talking about a BuzzFeed article, and I hate BuzzFeed, which is called Which of These Men Should Be Banned? You can find this article on BuzzFeed, but we will put it in the show notes. Um, it's basically a, a graph of nine gentlemen uh, who are all, you know, fairly well-dressed. There's no boobs showing, um, you know, no mini skirts or anything like that. A couple of them have beards. You might be into that. And, yeah, it's called Which of These Men Should Be Banned? It doesn't give any other information. It just says which man should be banned. Which man belongs in the bin? Um, this is written by Natalia Lobanova. So if you want to go and hit her up and you ask her about it, I'm sure she will. So we're going to click on the first guy here and we see if we can, we can pick which man should be banned. Oh, I was right. First go. Look at that. You got... Yes, you picked the right man to ban. I was lucky. Um, Says so here, Jim... He's Asian. Of course, his name's Jim. I couldn't call him Steve or anything. Um, likes to make offensive jokes. And if anyone gets upset about them, he tells them they're being oversensitive and ought to lighten up. Well jim you're right they should um but that's the right man for that circumstance let's see if we can um see how many banned men there should be got to click on the next guy and see if the, this guy should be banned or if it was just the one-off oh no i picked the right man to ban again um so they, they really sort of labeled it no they did. they said which of these men oh that's the one that was wrong which man should be banned it should be which men should be banned But I got Bernard, and Bernard thinks that his advice and opinion is always valuable, even when literally no one asked for it. Oh, Bernard, you're a a jerk. Can you imagine if people kept giving their opinions and ideas when no one asked for it? Like Newton, Einstein, Madame Curie. You know, just to name a few people's opinions and ideas that literally make the world a much better place. But shock horror, if you go through each and every one of these individuals, they all are meant to be banned. Every one of them says, yes, you got the right bloke. Ban them because of this, ban them because of that. And that is going to be the most feminazi article I've ever seen on the face of the planet. I've, oh, probably not. Like There's there's other ones that say, like, kill all men and stuff like that. But it's, it's pretty agitating i must say and there's some very good stuff in the comments that you can go and read through i totally suggest that you do that there's always good arguments from both sides and i'm going to leave you with that to to mull over in your mind and hopefully you enjoy the episode being my first episode i'm very excited getting it all out there to you um obviously i probably sounded a bit nervous this evening well i hope you like the episode guys and ladies and all the other genders um waffles toasters kitchen appliances all the stuff you know how it goes uh look if you like the show drop us an email i'd absolutely love to hear it and if you didn't like the show drop us an email i'd absolutely love to hear it uh you, you can email us at spoken at and none of this would be possible today without my main man behind the desk patrick duffy who's just been an absolute godsend and putting so much work to get this up and running and he's not gonna be able to cut this out because we're gonna be using this one all right, look, I'll catch you on next week because this is going to be a regular thing. Peace. You've been listening to Spoken Unspoken. Jump on over to spokenunspoken.com for info on today's episode. Email me, spoken at rogueintel.com with potential topics, hate mail, or even to join me as a guest. Spoken Unspoken is a proud member of the Rogue Intel Podcast Network. Find all of their great podcasts at rogueintel.com.